This is episode 27 of Everyday Wellness, the TEDx Experience. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist and change coach, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this super fun edition of the Everyday Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing our co-host, Cynthia. (laughs) (laughs) She has just returned from her debut TEDx talk, which was held in Toronto, and it was focused on females and how females can really show up in the world. And so, Cynthia, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's still, um, I, I think when you build something up in your head and, and like the, the post recovery or the post feeling afterwards, I mean, I feel like a rock star. Like I really feel, really feel good. Um, good and, and confident and just very centered and grounded and all the, the things you hope for. Well, that's awesome. And I think as we've talked about on here, it's because probably your mindset has shifted a bit about Mm -hmm. what you're capable of doing and your self-confidence has shifted a bit too. But before we go there, let's back it up. And why don't you tell us how this came about and what your preparation looked like for this TEDx talk, which happened very quickly, my friend. Yeah, well, yes and no. So here's the dealio. I am and I talk to my children about this all the time that, you know, we should always set goals for ourselves. And some of those goals should be things that are easy. And some of those goals should be things that push you in a way that scare you a little bit. And so uh, probably like, mm, six months ago, I said to my husband one day, I really want to do a TEDx talk. And he was like, why? Is this because of your ego? And I said, no, it has nothing to do with ego. I just, I honestly just want an opportunity to really hit, not hit, but have the opportunity to kind of spread awareness or discuss an idea to a larger audience um, other than, you know, people that, you know, follow me on social media or my clients or, you know, people listen to the podcast just to, you know, reach a different audience And, you know, being a classic introvert, it scared me a lot because I do lots of public speaking and I do, you know, obviously, you know, just being on social media, there are people that see me speak all the time, but it's it's always surprising when people hear me say I'm an introvert, I really am. Um, And so I knew this would really, really push me on many levels and I'm not a memorizer, uh, which was the other thing I was very preoccupied with. I was like, I can't memorize 18 minutes of, you know, dialogue. I mean, that's impossible. You know, all these limiting beliefs we tell mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, the process, so so here's the thing about TEDx, you you have to you have to apply to a lot of events. I think that's important. Um, but you have to have an organizer that connects with your your idea. And so um, on the course of many applications, I also got many rejections. And sometimes it was two or three a day. And I just kept telling, reminding myself that I just needed one person to connect with my message. That's all that I needed. Um, and so then that happened. And I, I think I was on the stage in four weeks later. So, you know, the process of pitching an idea and writing an application is very different than sitting down and actually writing content that will be um, delivered in such a way that will really inspire people and uh, inspire people to want to listen to what you have to say. So that was that that really means for the last month, I was living, eating and breathing my TEDx speech. <laughs> um, so even interrupting our Thanksgiving, my, my kids actually, I'm not sure they're going to forgive me anytime soon. But you know, we were at my brother's lake house. And um, I, I just couldn't concentrate because everyone was having fun. And I wasn't because it's just not fun trying to commit stuff to memory, in my personal opinion. Um, so now that I've birthed this thing, I, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulder. It was just an incredible, incredible experience. So, oh, that's so awesome. So you found out that you were accepted. You found mm -hmm. out it was going to be in Toronto and it was mm -hmm. just a few weeks from when you found out it was accepted mm -hmm. to the actual date. Yeah. So walk us through what happened. We, we know you were preparing and you were creating these ideas and um, getting them formed in your memory. Mm -hmm. But tell us about what it was like actually going there and what the environment was like. Yeah, so I, I decided to go by myself. And ironically, my husband had a business trip this entire week that overlapped. And my husband kept trying to explain to his coworkers, he was like, I really shouldn't be leaving because my wife isn't even home. Um, so gratefully, we have wonderful friends and a really, really amazing um, adult when I say adult, she's in her 40s, adult babysitter who helped us, you know, came in and pitched for us. But I got on my flight um, and arrived in Toronto to fl snow flurries. Um, and so I got off the plane and, and realized I was not at all appropriately dressed for snow flurries. Oh, no. So that was that was kind of humbling. And, and although to them, that's like no big deal to me, I was like, Whoa, I'm clearly I'm clearly, you know, outside my my comfort level, you know, Washington DC is not getting snow yet. Um, but I, you know, went to, I went immediately to my hotel, dropped my stuff off and then went to practice. And um, that was the first time I had an opportunity to meet the organizer and some of the other participants. And, you know, my first thought was, um, you know, some of the women I met, I was like, wow, they're like, they're queens of their fields. I mean, it was really interesting to see, um, you know, there was one woman who originally was from Nigeria, who was this incredibly articulate, smart woman who had multiple doctorates and had developed some technology to um, help people that have uh, arthritis, so pain in their joints. And she was explaining this very complicated technology. And, you know, I was just sitting in the room and I was very humbled. I, I think I just felt very grateful and very humbled to be there. And then, um, you know, the, the funny thing was that my, my greatest fear uh, when I got up for the first time to present my, my talk in front of the organizers and, and some of the women that would be there was, you know, can I measure up? I mean, that would, that was my immediate feeling, you know, you start to get the 
itty bitty shitty committee, you know, seems to come through <laughs> even, even for those of us who are, you know, confident and, and clearly, you know, we're, we're leaders in our own industries, but, uh, you know, I definitely had that momentary fear and, you know, the, the practice went fine. And, you know, I, I walked back to my hotel and in typical fashion, I found an organic grocery store and got a big salad and, nice. you know, this will make everyone laugh. I didn't want to go out to dinner. I just wanted to go back to my room and just relax and just focus on like making sure my mindset was in the right place and I felt comfortable. And so I watched a movie, um, talked to my coach, uh, talked to my husband and my kids, and then just really like went to bed early. And uh, the next day I got up and um, I had someone come do my hair and makeup because I just wanted to be feeling my best. Mm-hmm. And then um, I showed up late, not on purpose. I didn't realize there were two um, two buildings that had very similar names. Uh, not being from Toronto, I didn't know this. And so I showed up at the first place in heels and bare legs because, of course, I didn't think to wear tights or hose or anything like that in you know twenty degree temps. Um, and so then I had to cab it to the other place. And you know, there's nothing like showing up late to your own event, but. Um, you know, thankfully, I wasn't one of the first people going on. But, um, you know, I just immediately felt this sense of um, peace and calm. I mean, it was a room filled of people who really just wanted to be there. You know, they had committed to spend the entire day watching different women speak. And then there were some, art, you know, art artists, local artisans that were there, you know, presenting, you know, arts and sculpture. And there were dancers and there was an opera singer. It was really kind of a cool uh, experience, but yeah, I was trying to stay very centered. And then, to my surprise, my mom and some friends from Michigan—they uh, were only three and a half hours away—they showed up as a surprise. Oh, so how wonderful! Yeah, I, and I didn't—you know—I I had gone up there with the mindset of I didn't need anybody there because I was just going to stay in my zone and try to stay very centered. And mm-hmm. um, I was actually grateful to have them there. To be honest, um, it was nice to sit with them in the audience, um, watching everyone. That's great. So what were you thinking or what were you telling yourself to kind of stay in this zone? Do you remember? Um, You know, it's funny. I I was still having that. And I mean, and I want to be completely transparent. I was still having, you know, the, the, the pangs of, can I pull this off? Can I do this? I'm not a memorizer. I mean, that was what was running through my head was every single time I had practiced and I had practiced so much so that I got tired of hearing myself speak. Um, and that's the honest to God truth. Um, I, I still was feeling like a little bit of the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, can I really pull this off? Can I really do this? I know I, I know if I can connect with the audience, I can totally do this. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying not to look at my notes. I didn't want to, I just said, whatever is gelled in my head is what's there. Um, if it's not perfect, you know, if it's not exactly how I made my outline, I'm going to totally be fine. Uh, And I just tried to stay like in the moment, like trying to really savor the people I was meeting, the people I was, I was seeing speak, Um, you know, just having discussions with my mom and, and, you know, some family friends that were there just trying to kind of stay in the moment. And they were just so excited. Uh, And so I was trying to feed off of their excitement, honestly, Um, just, you know, try to stay like centered, grounded, and not let my mind wander because that's when you get yourself into trouble. And then I just kept envisioning myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to envision myself walking up on that stage and I'm going to own it. Oh, I love it. And so that was, I was doing, I have an alter ego. This is kind of funny. <laughs> I have this alter ego <laughs> I called. Did not know Lo- this. Yes, yes, yes. So anytime I feel like, you know, anytime you see me do live video anywhere, I have to call upon Lola. I don't know why her name is Lola, 
but I, I call in my, my showgirl. I'm like, okay, you're going to be the, the introverted extrovert. You know, you're going to get up there and you're going to rock it because you know this better than anyone that's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of my mindset uh, that I was going to get up there. And I, and, I, and I always, and I even say this to my own clients, that you just, sometimes you have to just envision where you see yourself going. And yes. so that was, that was my perspective. And um, yeah, so then I had to sit up there um, they, they moved me up, uh, you know, I was supposed to go towards the end and then they moved me up in the second group of women towards the front, which was fine. Uh, but boy, it's like right before I got on stage, I got that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I need to throw up. And I was like, I am not going to throw up. There's no way I'm throwing up. I'm not throwing up. Um, so just, you know, kind of talking myself down, you know, focusing on my yoga breathing, uh-huh. you know, really calling upon those ways to kind of tap into the parasympathetic process and, um, I, I know from my NP days how to kind of stimulate the vagus nerve, which will slow your heart rate down. So I was doing a lot of breath work because I knew that that would um, that would definitely help. Yeah. So that's that was kind of my process beforehand, <laughs> immediately beforehand. <laughs> well, and I think the fact that you practice these skills on a regular basis allowed mm-hmm. you to do them when it was go time, when you know the pressure was on, because it's not as if you just decided, okay, how do I calm myself down or what breathing exercises should I do? They were really well uh, practiced and kind mm-hmm. of cemented in your memory. And so you were able to call on them, which is so awesome. Well, oh. and I think, sorry, no, I, I, I think one of the things that I've, I've, you know, I talked to my kids about this, but you know, when they, you know, they're swimmers. And so when we watch, you know, big events like the all Americans, or you're watching, you know, college level sports, or you're watching the Olympics. And I always tell them like, sometimes what makes the difference between like a great athlete and an elite athlete is just the ability to um, not let the stress overwhelm you, like use it to your advantage as opposed to letting it, you just essentially decompensating because I mean, we all have that propensity. It can happen to all of us. Um, and, and that's that's exactly what I kept saying was, I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to run with it. I'm not going to take this opportunity and choke. Like that's just yeah. not even going to happen. Um, so yeah, that was that was the other thing I kept reminding myself was we're gonna we're just going to run with it. We're going to rock it. We're going to do it. And I think. Another thing that was cool that you did is that you reframed the physiological symptoms you were feeling as excitement. You built Mm -hmm. off your mom and friend's excitement and Mm -hmm. kind of took that on to mean this is an exciting thing rather than something I need to throw up about. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I've never been a a puker before, you know, before things that are stressful. I had a a grad school friend that was that way. She would vomit before every test. And I was always like, I feel so bad for you because the stress is bad enough. But if I knew I was going to throw up before a big test, that would, you know, I would just create this, this feedback cycle that would not be very, it would be profoundly maladaptive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of mindset stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the mindset stuff gets you on stage mm-hmm. where you're feeling good, looking good, and you deliver your talk. And tell us about that. You know, and it's funny. Um, I, the, my biggest concern before I got on stage was, am I going to remember what I need to say next? Mm-hmm. And so I got up on stage, and and I used the term out of body experience, not to sound woo woo. But I was listening to myself and I remembered everything I needed to say. I may not have said it perfectly like how I'd written it down on paper, Mm -hmm. but the theme and the message and, you know, I tried to make it a little more personal. Like I, at the last minute, the organizer made a suggestion to change something in, in my talk 
And so um, what she wanted me to do was to talk more about myself, which was not necessarily what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the theme was, you know, standing up. And so um, I talked more about my own personal health journey over the last three years and talked a lot about, you know, how um, there's a lot of shame and a lot of discomfort for women to talk about aging, you know, in a healthy way. And, you know, I'm no different than anyone else. And so, um, you know, I was talking about some statistics, which was like the second part of my talk. And um, I mentioned, you know, for example, average life expectancy for a woman in 1900 was 47 years old. And I looked at the crowd and I said, this hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, the reason why is I'm 47 years old. Oh, and the, and the whole room was like, what? <laughs> um, which was great. But I mean, they were very, like, very connected and very interactive and really listening. I and mean, their body language told me that they were really connecting with me. And that just can that just encouraged me to continue exactly what I was doing. So I felt very supported and and feeling like I was in this very um, nurtured, uh, loving environment just made a huge difference. Like, I I don't know if people that don't do public speaking realize, but when you're up there and you're speaking to a crowd, you feed off of the energy or it sucks you from energy with it from with the, the energy is sucked out of you. So I've I've talked to students sometimes, you know, I'm teaching and I can look around the room, and they all look like they're totally bored. And I'm like, I recognize this is just part of the process. But please, for love of God, at least look like you're somewhat interested. Because um, there's no worse feeling as a speaker to be up there yeah. and, and feel it. But I didn't feel that way at all. Um, and there were men and women in the audience that were like nodding and agreeing and clapping. And, and so that was really validating. And, and here's the funny thing. Um, TEDx, it, the event I was at, I was at a smaller event. So we're, we were allowed to speak up to 18 minutes in length. And, and I was practicing before I got there. And it was always coming around 14 minutes. So I was like, I'm totally safe. I'm nowhere near 18 minutes. And a family friend was timing me in the audience. I'd asked her to do that. And she was like, girlfriend, you were over 18 minutes. So I was like, what? Whoa. Um, so very clearly, I must have felt comfortable enough that I was I slowed my 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 pace of my speaking because I tend to be a fast talker mm-hmm. just by nature. And so I must have, I'm assuming I must have slowed it down just enough that it was exactly the cadence it should have been. So I felt like when I got off the stage, um, I was really, I was relieved uh, first and foremost. And then I was really excited. Like I um, immediately was talking to people and, you know, getting feedback, you know, unsolicited feedback. And that just felt really validating. Like, this is what I was meant to do. I was meant to come here and talk about this topic. And um, I think there are a lot of people that will benefit from these kinds of discussions because we need to be talking more about this. So, Okay. So give us in our last few minutes here, give us just a brief outline of the content of your talk. So um, my talk, uh, my working title was embracing he- embracing health and vitality in perimenopause and beyond. And for people that don't know what perimenopause is, it's the the years anywhere from five to seven years preceding when a woman stops menstruating and can no longer naturally conceive a child. And um, for many people, that's like late thirties, early forties. And so I spent a little bit of the talk giving some background about my own, you know, health journey, and then did the statistics because, of course, I love that. <laughs> and then um, really focused on strategies and talked about pathophysiology, like what happens to women's bodies as they go go through the stage in their lives. And then I gave like four key principles for how um, you can support your body in this time and beyond. And you know, the message was 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 about hope, like 
we need to be having these discussions. Women, women need to not feel afraid about getting older. Um, you know, one of the big things that I talked about was that I felt we were missing opportunities with women that we do a really good job talking about when women get their periods and when women, um, you know, contraception and trying to get pregnant and after pregnancy and, you know, postpartum periods, all those things. And then we don't really talk about women a whole lot. And so I just felt like someone needs to be shining a light on this time in a woman's life. And they actually call it um, a second puberty. Actually, New York Times did an op-ed piece the week before I did my TEDx and I was like high-fiving with my coach because I was like, I feel like we're on the the crux of um, a change um, in so many ways. So, you know, if this helps women, that's, that's the intention is that that will, you know, give them opportunities to have discussions with their healthcare providers and with their loved ones and with their friends. So that's like the overall, um, overall feeling. But what I can tell you is that even as a healthcare provider, um, there is some degree of like shame talking about healthy aging. And so um, I'm just hoping that women don't continue to feel that way. Like I had a woman reach out to me who's 60 years old. And she said, I don't know how to make this better because I feel like every woman just is so shamed mm-hmm. or feels shame um, once she like hits over 35. And, and what does that say um, about us as a society? And I said, yeah, there's a lot that's wrong with that. I, yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am so proud of you. And I'm oh, so excited. You. Yeah, I'm so excited that this information will get out there in a totally different way than you've been able to do before. And I know that it'll reach a lot of people who will really benefit from hearing it. So thank you for going through the process of that. <laughs> and it, in addition to bringing a lot of great information, I think that it was really probably a huge stimulus for your own personal growth too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's the cool thing. Like, I actually had two or three people reach out to me who I guess want to do TEDx talks. And so they were asking for my input. And I just said, just recognize you may apply too many before you get a yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Just you need an organizer to connect with your message. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you decide that's what you want to do, I think it's awesome. It's just nice to set a personal goal that, you know, makes you pushes you a little bit. Yeah. It, it, you know, that's, that's the key. Like I even said to my kids, like, I just, I don't subscribe to living, limiting beliefs. That's just part of my, my never ending kind of mindset about my life. And, and I hope that, you know, other people like learn through that example and recognize that, you know, you know, irrespective of what age we are, we still have the ability to do quite a bit. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for sharing your experience today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being the interviewer. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.